I guess you guys thought that was it from us for this year, but hey, we're back for one super special podcast, the Ours is the Fury season review. And everybody's here. Hey. Hello. Hi. And that was, of course, Blocks with Ryan and Kendra, and your host, John. Well, we're all hosts. <laughs> I don't want to no, put this power host. dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the first year has come to an end. La uh, the last podcast you guys would have listened to uh, was the special with all the uh, audio from the press conference that, that Kendra went to. I hope you guys enjoyed that. There was some great stuff there, especially um, what Dos Santos was saying um, in regards to player movement and so on. And we're going to get to that at the, at the end of the pod. So for the season review, the way we're going to structure is we're going to go month by month. And we may go off topic here and there, but uh, we we may as well start. Uh, yeah, get comfy. So it might be a, it might be a while. It's <laughs> a whole year to review. Put another log on the fireplace. <laughs> and we're probably not going to have a pot for a few months after this. We might have one. We might not. So if you don't want to listen to all of this episode in one go, that's fine. You know, space <laughs> it out over the winter months. <laughs> exactly. So. Let's look back at what happened before uh, the NASL started. So this would have been in March, right? That most of the players... Yeah, March was the uh, start, I guess, start training camp and uh, the end of uh, when uh, Fury uh, were signing players. Yeah, so like there were there was some difficulty if I remember correctly. Some some of the foreign players had visa issues and and so on. A little bit was like everything was a little bit chaotic at first because. There had never been a team before, so they were trying to figure everything out. Yeah, they're slowly making the announcements of the players they signed, and I think a few of us got nervous that there was only a few players like confirmed. <laughs> they're gonna be. And it was March, players. but they, of course, they pulled it together. So yeah, I seem to remember it was Mykon, Hamza, Elias, and Vane Dossis were waiting forever for them to show up because they're having visa issues. It's like, okay, they should be here this this week, and then a week passed and. They should be here this week, and I was like, oh. I think they're just avoiding winter. Yeah, yeah let's not forget, it was winter wonderland. <laughs> in March in Ottawa, it's, it's like a couple feet of snow, and really it doesn't feel like soccer season at all. And they started playing in those domes around the city, all strictly indoor, really. And then the first game ever that we got to witness was in Quebec in that um, Branchant-Brière complex. And... Uh, Ottawa Fury played against York University and won 2 1. I don't remember much of the, the game itself, but it was a good time and it was great for the for the Stony Monday Riot and the Bytown boys to come out for the first time. It was great to finally see all the players that they signed throughout you know, the last four or five months come together and actually you have a team you can cheer for. 
Yeah, it was it was very exciting to actually like see a pro soccer team coming together in Ottawa and seeing seeing them like play together for the first time in a competitive match. So and like meeting up with I think that first game was when I met all of you guys. We just been kind of like talking over Twitter and then finally getting to meet all of us and like all the stunning money riot people and finally putting uh, faces to names and. And that was the beginning of uh, our honeymoon phase. <laughs> and it was great for a couple of weeks, and now we all freaking hate each other. <laughs> yeah, what I remember from that game specifically is that they sold those Montreal Canadian beer in these really <laughs> thin cans. Oh, with, uh, with the logos of the Canadians, yeah. Yeah. yeah the... Did I say Montreal Canadians? Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> the f- the first game was uh, out in Gatineau, and it was a uh, it's great complex. It's like there's two ice rinks and then an indoor soccer mm-hmm. place, and it's a brand new complex, beautiful place, um, which they might be training at next year. With we'll get to that with uh, the women's World Cup and stuff, but it's a pretty nice complex. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice. It's kind of far out there though, but it's really nice. It has like the uh, the grandstand, like mezzanine seating above the pitch which is really kind of cool yeah um and then ryan and i and a bunch of other people um that are not on the podcast uh went to the our very first ever away game in rochester so it just shows how starved for soccer we were because we drove for five hours (laughs) to freaking rochester of all places to watch a preseason game but it was a pretty epic trip in retrospect oh yeah it was a great time had a great time with those guys going down too and it was it was cold. That's what I remember the most. And I remember watching uh, MyCon, like, like, just looking around, and when on the pitch in Rochester, just being like, "Oh man!" You <laughs> <laughs> see the terror on his face. <laughs> and that was an exciting game. That was a one-one draw with Rochester. Uh, big history there with Dos Santos and the Rochester Rhinos. They're very fierce. Uh, Rivalry back in the old NESL, USL Pro. Yeah, and a fist fight broke out. I remember uh, it turned out in the end the players told us that it was actually Frazenga who knocked the guy out. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> we thought it was Jeroen. No, have a, it was Frazenga. I actually have video. Of, I actually have video of that fight. I might post it somewhere someday. So if it was Frazenga, I guess no one will get in trouble and I can post that. <laughs> video yeah that was crazy and there, there was the first time I saw uh, blood freeze on a soccer pitch <laughs> and, it was freaking cold and that's where we that's where Omar got his nickname Omar there will be blood Jerome. yeah so yeah yeah and uh, it was also the first time that we, we we really noticed Donatelli and what a great player he could be for us especially uh, I remember you uh uh, making a point of that, right? Yeah, he controlled the middle very well that game. He really stood out. Um, I guess, like, Ubi wasn't playing as much. Yeah, don't have a memory of, of Ubi. I think Donatelli was wearing one of those, what are those things called? That have, you, it's not a hat, but it just covers the ears. Oh, yeah, to keep you warm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a funny game, but it was, it was, I think it was in the negatives, that, that game. It felt like it. The wind was blowing and there was ice everywhere. So. Yeah, and the stadium was nice, but there was nobody there except us and like two other Rochester fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd love to see Rochester in our league. I know I've said it before, but yeah, it would be nice to have nice a fairly close place to travel to. Yeah, and they have a beautiful stadium and a hit and a history of support there. Yeah, their stadium's nice. The pitch, not so nice. That's yeah, they need to replace that artificial turf with 
better artificial turf. <laughs> and then the highlight of the year, such a big highlight that even the mayor of Ottawa showed up, was the, the fashion show for the kit. Oh, <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. There's some great pictures of you at that fashion show online. <laughs> Oh yeah, is is it next to the mascot? Yes. yes. The, the unveiling of the mascot, Sparky, also happened oh, yes. that day, I believe. Sparky was born that day, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty cool. And yeah, Blocksmith, you took that actually fairly seriously. The, the you had a whole article about the jersey and and so on. I remember that. Well, I mean, the whole jersey kind of. I believe they they came out with the uh, the three you could vote on. I believe in August. So it was like a whole full six months before they finally revealed it. Yeah, but behind the scenes, wasn't there issues with uh, actually confirming the sponsor? Like they had a different sponsor and the sponsor pulled out and then they got like a more local sponsor. Yeah. I think there also might have been production issues. Like they actually didn't physically have the jerseys like for a good while. Yeah, so... so when yeah. they actually presented the, the jersey, they didn't have a sponsor, but the reason for waiting so long was because they wanted to make sure they have a sponsor, but I guess they couldn't wait any longer. Right. And that's how I got my sponsorless jerseys, because I bought them then and there, and I'm quite happy <laughs> to have, have those, because it's kind of a unique item. Well, that's something I hope they uh, keep doing next year, is um, like have a choice. Have one with the sponsor and one without. I, know, I don't know if that's possible. But like, if they do, there's there's rumors of a third jersey. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so if that happens, I would like the option of sponsor and non-sponsor. You guys think that they're gonna have a brand new jersey for next season, or <coughs> just keep the old one for now? I would, I would like to see a different one, at least the home one. I don't particularly like the away one. I'm fine with. Yeah, but I'm not asking what you would like to see. <laughs> I'm wondering what's actually gonna happen. I mean, who knows? I mean, I yeah. doubt they'll change the jersey. I think. They have enough to do on the, in the off season with yeah. the changing jersey wow. styles. I think if they do have a third jersey, it'll be for the Amway slash Voyagers Cup. So that's what I think the third jersey will be used for if it does happen. Maybe they can have a vote for that too. <laughs> well, you better get going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. So, so to get back to our uh, review, so the last game that Ottawa played in, in March uh, at, at home before the season started was against Syracuse University in that complex in Quebec again and then they all came to their senses and decided to go to Florida and <laughs> do, do the rest of the preseason <laughs> the training yeah training, training over there and yeah the last game was against Syracuse University it was a 1-1 draw nothing remarkable really happened in that game that, that I can remember all I remember was uh, before the game like Vinny Dantas was taking shots at Chad Bush, and he just screamed one right at Chad Bush, and Chad Bush saved it. And I, I swore it broke his arm. It was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's really all I remember from that game. So that's why Chad Bush never played. <laughs> hmm. And they played uh, Saint Mark too, right? That was a, a school team as well down in Florida. Yeah, in, in Florida, yeah, and they, they won that easily 4-0 and everything else would have been a disaster because, like I said, it was a cool team. I remember we were worried that we were only playing college teams and yeah. like, we thought Fury should be playing teams and, like, Indy was playing, like, MLS teams and stuff. Yeah. And we were worried that we weren't playing high enough competition. 
to actually know anything about the team, how good they actually are. That's true. But in, like, like with hindsight, really wasn't that big of a deal, right? Because they were like the NASL season, the way it went, it turned out to be like an ex experimental season anyway. So, you know, it may have been the right choice to play against levels of uh, games, uh, teams, sorry, teams of lesser quality. So if we did that next year, would you be disappointed or would you be okay with that if we played university teams in our preseason? Um, yeah, you know what, I'd probably be fine with it because I know how long the NASL season is and how much soccer there, there's yet to, to come. And yeah, We have seven, seven eight uh, new players possibly to, to take a look at. So... Like, would you want to see them against university Yeah, teams but what or? other teams are available for preseason? Like, can you play oh, yeah, NASL I'm teams? I'm sure they're working or? on it right now, yeah. Um, Jacksonville's playing the Philadelphia Union, for example. Uh, Strikers are playing Corinthians. Yeah. So, uh, and there's many tournaments. Because if they get Brazilian owners and yeah. <laughs> the right connections. Yeah, yeah our ownership uh, doesn't stretch that far. Yeah. So, and that's the month of April, like the, the season kicked off and uh, our first real game was against uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers. And I was a f pretty excited. Mm -hmm. uh, does anyone remember where they were when they watched this game? I actually don't remember where I was. I was at Heart and Crown. Heart and Crown. We watched it together. I'm pretty sure. Maybe at Teo's actually. Okay. That's true. Yeah. It was at Teo's house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and we lost that game too. Remember that cookie dip? Yes. yes. Okay, it was, yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I remember about that game. Fury, yes, but the cookie dip. <laughs> yeah, so that was a game we lost Nicky Patterson right off the start. Yeah, he, uh, he um, what, it had an ankle injury, right? That's what kept him out. Like he twisted his ankle and like tore something. Uh, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I know we lost Tommy Heineman in the last game of the, the preseason friendlies. So it hit with injuries early. Yeah. I wonder. It's, I wonder why that is too. Is it just bad luck, or is it because they're training indoors so much, and then they went to grass? I I think it just happens to any team that people get injured. Like I don't think that we had more injuries than than we see teams having playing on grass or in other climatic conditions, really. Yeah, it hasn't been proven that there is more injuries on artificial turf. No. According to FIFA, no. <laughs> According to FIFA, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so then a week later, we got to see, we got to finally see the Fury play in an ISL game at Carlton U. Yeah, in our wonderful temporary stadium. Yep. <laughs> Bleachers. Uh, we had a love-hate relationship with. Yeah. Beer tickets. Beer tickets, yeah. Wow. All the memories have come flooding back. But that was amazing. Like, sold out. You know, 3,457 fans. Yeah. And everyone just so pumped to have professional soccer back. And I was also really loaded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, oh. Was, that was a soccer party for sure. Like, <laughs> I don't remember the game at all. <laughs> at all. That was, yeah. It was so exciting. We just had to celebrate it. What I remember about that game is uh, we're in the car with uh, Elizabeth and Dwayne Rollins in the back seat, and John has one has his door open with one leg out the door, yelling at the Minnesota players <laughs> as they cross the parking lot to go to the dressing rooms. <laughs> That's the kind of setup it was. 
And he's just yelling like, you guys, <laughs> we're going to get you next time. <laughs> and they're just laughing. I think it's Ramirez, actually. And he's just laughing. And, yeah, it's uh, the kind of league it is. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the NASL. <laughs> it was a pretty good time. That's yeah, but it was a heartbreaking loss because it was 1-1 until, like, what was it, 98th minute or something like that yeah. that we uh, conceded. And sadly, this phenomena was repeated over and over <laughs> again in our season. Yeah. And, and the next game was uh, a game that was probably the most exciting for me. It was seeing a Voyagers Cup game in, in Ottawa. That uh, was pretty special. Um, it was damn cold. Yeah, I remember freezing my ass off in the game. Yeah, because you're so exposed to the wind on those bleachers. and Yeah, it was in the end, it was a pretty pretty exciting game for a 0-0. Yeah, like and Gork was. Yeah, Gork started on his head that game. That was the first kind of glimpse of what Gork was going to show for the rest of the spring season. And it wasn't a bad result for us, but we, like I really wish we would have scored a goal. It would have been better to go to... Then we could have been cheated in Montreal instead of Edmonton get cheated in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, well, at least we would have played against Montreal. That that was huge. Remember the prospect of of uh, having the possibility of Montreal coming here and us going to Montreal. Yeah, yeah we had everything planned. <laughs> yeah. Buses were ready. Yeah, we had buses lined up with the bus company, everything. So, um, next year, if we win, uh, we play Vancouver. Which sucks. Like, so that's a long, that's a five day bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we may as well just go right to the away game uh, in Edmonton, which we lost 3 1, and that was when basically Hansen Boakai took us apart single handedly with uh, two goals and an assist, I believe. And uh, I can't remember who scored our goal. Vinny Tontas. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. It was a late goal. And, uh, yeah, and the the game in April we we skipped over was the greatest victory of all the the Oliver coming out party right mm-hmm. yeah the four zero against Carolina that's uh, when we started the tradition of uh, buying a poutine for every goal scored <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of poutine that's a lot of poutine that, four poutines that day <laughs> not by not eaten by one person I was shared no over four people but well yeah, that, that was a great game. I remember coming home from that just completely wired, just like, wow, we finally won. Because I remember at that time that coming back off those losses where, like, oh, can we compete in this league? And there was all these questions about the team, the injuries that we had, and to come out against, like, a really good Carolina team and beat them 4 nothing at home yeah. was just amazing. Which started a disastrous run for Carolina and Canada. Whenever they came to Canada, they just came destroyed. Edmonton destroyed them. Yeah. yeah, and there was so much enthusiasm in the air after that game. It was like we finally have the chemistry. Like it's, we thought basically it was going to go on, on like that. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was like just up, up and away from there. But uh, would you say that's the best game of the season? Yes, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, it was, it was exciting. That was close to perfect game for the Fury. Just everything went right, like free kicks, mm. everything. Well, no goals conceded, four goals scored. It's tough to beat that. Okay, and then just two, what, one more month of Carlton year, right? May was the last yeah. month. Yeah, Carlton let's not year. forget the spring season was, what, nine games only, right? Yeah, so sure that went so by so. really quick. Yeah, and they might be doing it again next year. It might be a shortened spring season. Yeah, at the time of recording, NASL still has not released the uh, new schedule for next year, and we still don't know 
how many teams are going to be in the league and how the Women's World Cup is going to be incorporated. Uh, 18 teams, right? 18. <laughs> That's what Bill Peterson keeps saying, 18 teams. Probably yeah. not in 2015, just yet. <laughs> um, yeah, we know Jacksonville will be in there. And we're pretty sure that Atlanta will stay. Yeah, that's uh, the unofficial news. Yeah. It's that Atlanta is staying. So I, they haven't made an official announcement yet, but I doubt anyone in Atlanta is listening, but don't worry, you're going to see some soccer next year. And then we have the LA Aztecs probably joining in the fall season, right? That's uh, a rumor, yeah. Yeah, we don't know if they're going to use the Aztecs. The, the league owns uh, the trademark for the Aztecs. Yeah. So it'd be crazy for them not to do it, but, you know. It is the NHL, so we'll see. Right. We'll, we'll update our listeners once we have official news on that. So then came the month of May, and uh, you know I really think that we should rename this month uh, into Donatelli from now on, because really it, it was the month where, where Donatelli became our star player, and he was on an incredible hot streak. Yeah, he did really well. Um, we, did, we did start with a loss, though. Uh, in Atlanta, was it in? Yeah, it was in Atlanta. Mm. We lost two one, and uh, that was weird. It was crazy. You're saying it was a crazy travel schedule, Bloxmith? Yeah, it was uh, Wednesday. We played the second leg of the Voyagers Cup, and then to go to Atlanta the Saturday. Yeah, you could tell uh, from what I remember the game. All the players are seem to be pretty tired. And all season, like weird travel things happen where they get stuck in DC. That one <laughs> they got time. stuck in DC a lot. I guess if you fly out of Ottawa, there's direct flights to DC, right? Yeah. So that makes sense that they always go to DC and then travel from there. But. Yeah, that's just the nature of the league. There isn't really any way of preventing that. Well, it could be worse. Remember, we had uh, we had some good guests this season. Oh, definitely. And uh, we had a uh, Nash. On the on the program, and he he used to play for the Rochester Rhinos. He said it was a bus league. <laughs> yeah. So the old league was a bus league. Can you imagine if we were bussing it to, you <laughs> know, to Florida, like to yeah. Bay, yeah, Carolina? <laughs> yeah. All the training is done on the bus. <laughs> well, they played those same teams, so they, and that's what they did. Yeah. Have you ever been on an airplane and, and like they have like airplane aerobics? Like when you're in long flights, they sometimes have like a video, like you do like. Gym like like gym stuff that you can only do in an airplane seat. Anyway, I, I, it happened. I've flown Air Canada. <laughs> oh, so it's <there's> nothing. <laughs> I was on an Icelandic plane where they gave us Game Boys. That was exciting. We didn't we didn't do aerobics. Well, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, those kind of aerobics, bus aerobics, would be their only training. But anyway. Um, yeah, did we discuss the game against Tampa Bay yet? Uh, no. no, that was the draw, right? Yeah, and that's where Oliver missed the penalty, and we got in the big discussion. Who should be uh, shooting our penalties? Yeah, that was definitely the start of the we can't hit penalties <laughs> run. Yeah, well, but we did hit the penalties in the preseason. It was just mm. when they mattered, we never hit them. Yeah, if only it could have been the other way around. Yeah, 1-1 draw in Tampa. And then it was the big game, uh, Indy 11. We went to Indianapolis. It was 4-2, I believe, right? Yep. In the end. Wow. And we were down two goals. No. No, we've never come back. Oh, okay. What we've... happened there again? I know, but we won 4-2. But <laughs> the interesting stat about the Fury, we were talking about this before the podcast, is uh, when we're trailing 1-0, we've never come back and won a game. 
mm-hmm. in the 27 games we've played, which is a little bit worrying. Maybe uh, something to focus on for next season. So that's a, a stat that's not not good. And Tony Donatelli scored twice again. Yeah. So wow. two really nice goals. Yeah. Yeah. And then a week later, we, we played... Um... San Antonio. Oh, Champs. Yeah. The Champs. That's yeah. right. Did you guys see that coming at the start of the season? Because we were all talking about Minnesota and the Cosmos. Yeah. Would walk all over everyone. We all had predictions. I predicted the Cosmos. I don't know what yeah, you guys said. Yeah, I think said. I did as well. No, no, you were someone else. Was you were either Minnesota or San Antonio. I thought I picked San Antonio. Really? Oh, look who's right. Well, we might have to go back in the tapes. But... <laughs> hey, Namu, if you have some time on your hands, <laughs> can you go back and listen to every one of them and t- let us know? Oh, Thank he knows. You. He just knows. But yeah, the San Antonio game was like, oh, just so heartbreaking. Like, we're up, was it 2-1 in the 80th minute? Ubi scored in the 80th minute. Put us up 2-1 and we gave up two goals at the end to lose it. Huh. Yeah, and then the now now famous smoke bomb incident happened <laughs> that caused some <laughs> friction with Carlton security. They didn't really like the fans anymore after that happened. Um, that's what the, probably the the biggest thing I remember from that match. Well, that's the one that's in the program and all that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that. that famous picture. Um, and then the game after that was one of the most epic games. When Tommy Heineman uh, scored against the Eddies. Right. That's what I picked as my favorite moment of the year. Because it felt so good to, to finally beat the Eddies, to have that revenge. And Tommy came right to our section. Mm-hmm. He was like, big fist in the air, you know. He was... We were like, yeah, we got to score. Yeah. Tommy's going to lead us to the, the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Didn't end up that way, but that's what it felt like at the time. <laughs> yeah. That was an exciting moment, definitely mm. the best of the year. So, and then uh, June was a weird month because of the World Cup, and this is the end of the spring season, right? Yeah, we played one game in New York, lost one nothing. Yeah, and nobody cared because everybody was already in World Cup mode, right? It was about to start. I think it was the day before or something. Yeah, the Fury yeah. played their last game of the spring season the day before the World Cup started. So and they played. Like- and they played their first one of the spring, I think the day of the World Cup after, or the day after the World Cup? No, it was the day of the final, mm-hmm. I remember, because I, yeah. I watched Germany win in the Maracana <laughs> while streaming NASL Live now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're in Brazil watching... Uh... No, it didn't quite happen that way. <laughs> cool. I may have missed that particular NASL game. Sorry, guys. Okay, so <laughs> and that was it for the spring season. So, and what was our record at the end of the spring season? Anyone know? We were in there? sixth place. I remember that. We're in sixth place. We had, I think, the majority of our wins came in the spring. Like three of them, right? Yeah, we did really well. Like six, four, four points out of fourth. Huh. So it was looking good spring season. It was only nine games, so you can't really tell by then. But yeah, spring season is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd reached our goal to be ahead of Edmonton and also ahead of the other expansion team. Um, in D11 and uh, just to let you know what the record was for, um, of nine games played we had three wins one tie and five losses but we had a positive goal difference so plus one so that was a pretty successful first so three of our seven wins came in the spring season that was only nine games long yeah 
Interesting. So we performed better in the spring than we did in the fall. Yeah, considering the Minnesota game where we gave up the last-minute tie and the two goals we gave up against San Antonio to lose it. Could have done, you know, substantially better. Wow. I remember Dos Santos saying his, you know, we need to be better. <laughs> Little did he know, you know, this was, you know, the best <laughs> we were going to be. Yeah, the World Cup break really hurt us, right? Being inactive during the World Cup break. Yeah, but it applied to all the other teams. It didn't seem to hurt them. Yeah, but the other teams played friendlies during the World yeah. Cup break, and we didn't. Oh, and they had the U.S. Open yeah. Cup. And they had the U.S. Open busy. Cup, yeah. Which I think happened to be an advantage in the end. Because I remember discussing that with you guys. Like, is that an advantage or a disadvantage? And I think in the end... It's an advantage because they kept competitive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so let's take a small break and then uh, we'll discuss the fall season. This is Vinny Dantas, and you're listening to Ours is the Fury. Welcome back, guys. It's July. The World Cup just ended. And um, let's put ourselves back to that time. We, we, it started with an away game against Edmonton uh, that we drew 0-0. Like I said, I didn't watch that game. I was a little occupied. Um, anything that stands out from that game, guys? Yeah, the Richie Ryan. <laughs> second yellow early in the second. Yeah, you mean Ryan Richter, right? Yeah, Ryan Richter. Sorry. It's funny because I always do that too. <laughs> yeah, and the, that brings us to the point of there, there was a bit of player movements uh, in the summer. So, Zakaria Masudi went back to Montreal after having played how long? How much? Nothing, right? He, like he got, five minutes in the Voyager's Cup or something like that. And then, of course, Hamsa Elias was released. Mm. Moment of silence of <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> and uh, what that taught us is that if you take an international spot on the team you better be a top player or you're probably not you have to be a starter and we're going to get get to that later when we see some of the players that are staying and some of them that are leaving that that, that's definitely true and then in the really weird move we got uh paiser our number one goalkeeper and all of a sudden had four keepers in the roster yeah that was later on um, yeah, I remember that being really shocking because Gorik was did so well in the spring. Yeah, and it wasn't really until we had Dos Santos on the show where we straight up asked him why this has occurred that we finally understood and could live with the fact that we got Pizer. Yeah, you go for the best player available, right? That's what. So he said, and he's available, and he he went with him because he grabbed him when he could, and he's going to be here next season, so good move in hindsight right yeah and we got to meet some of the players uh, recently um, and he seems like a really stellar guy and down to earth and I think he's uh, he's a great influence uh, for the team with his experience he's also going to be the goalkeeper coach of the academy teams so that's also a really good move for them in that way absolutely and then one of the biggest highlights of the season had to have been the TD place opener where we broke the NASL single game attendance record with 14,593 people. And, uh, yeah, guys, what, what's your memories from this game? It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an exciting game. It was exciting to see the New York Cosmos, like, right in front of your face. You know, this team you've heard about for 20 years. You know, they didn't exist most of the time. <laughs> and you actually got to see them. And it was a great, perfect storm, right? Like, uh, 
Cosmos, opening the new stadium, uh, everything all at once. Yeah, well, the result wasn't perfect. We lost <laughs> one zero to the Cosmos. <laughs> that wasn't that great. Yeah, it was nice to see all those people at a game. The atmosphere was, was really good. And just being in our new stadium, guys. Yeah. Come on, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Like, it's, it's such a, a beautiful... It's a really nice stadium. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty beautiful, and it was kind of like, oh, we're finally home, like, we're here. It's, it's the beginning of TD Place. Yeah, and you know, I was I was just there the other day, and a lot of the businesses are open up now, uh, and more of the construction is done. It's going to be even more beautiful next year. Like it's going to be something special. And what was also kind of neat was that there were quite a few Cosmos supporters, and since we're so far away from all the other teams, we never see away fans. It was kind of cool to have some away support, even though I freaking hate the Cosmos. <laughs> would you Would you say they're like? Come back next year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back. <laughs> but um, would you say they're our biggest rivals at yeah, this point? Yeah, I would absolutely say mm-hmm. so because FC Edmonton and Ottawa Fury were the two Canadian teams. We kind of like each other, <laughs> you know? Like at least for me, like I always want Edmonton to do well and like I, I always that's the second team I pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And the Cosmos, they're, they're the closest to us. And like they... Like, those were, like, one of the fiercest battles on the pitch was against the Cosmos. I mean, we'll get to the game where Oliver was basically uh, assaulted and had some serious injuries in his mouth after an elbow to his face and Cosmos player, uh, coach getting ejected. And, like, I just don't like them and the way they conduct themselves against us on the pitch. I'm, honestly, I'm not a fan of the team at all, um, the Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Um they're not like it's a great brand but that's all it is the team they're a bunch of aged like has-beens uh the fans are are like kind of like the rejects of like the other clubs in new york fans or something like it's just it's not it doesn't look good at all um well their stadium their pitch is terrible also yeah and it's in long island and it's and it's on a university campus there's like lacrosse lines on their pitch. Um, the Cosmos really, I think, have to get it together. Uh, they're one of the biggest disappointments of this league. I think it's the Cosmos. Well, they have such a glamorous history and such a strong brand. And I mean, their shirt sponsor is, is Emirates. <laughs> yeah, but how long will it like? How long will that last? That they will just keep pumping money. I know the owners have a lot of money, and this is just like a side project for them. And maybe that's part of the problem. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's until they move into a stadium, a proper stadium. In in New York. Yeah, yeah. that they're, it'll be kind of, you know, fair weather fans. And then a couple days later, we got to go right back to TD Place on a Wednesday night to play our only international friendly or of the year against uh, the Glasgow Rangers. And a lot of people came out for 8,000 fans and... Uh, some of us were hoping that some of these fans might be back, but they were just there for the Rangers game, as it turns out. There was a lot of people from out of town. I, almost all the Scottish accents I talked to were from out of town, from other parts of Canada or the States. So It was a good move by the Fury, though, to build awareness in the city. Yeah, there was and some... Nicky Patterson came back for that game. That was his return, yeah. And we saw some academy players in that game. Yeah, Schroeder. Yeah. 
and uh, we saw both keepers that normally don't play keeper number three and keeper number four, uh, Dibby and Chad Bush. Do you think they'll do it again next year? Have a have a friendly? You would think so. Like it seems to be a popular thing to do among the North American clubs. Yeah. To the detriment of the fans who <laughs> really <laughs> want them to focus on the on the league, play more so than than that. But it's kind of fun. Like I mean, we were we were like let's be honest. We were hoping for a bigger a bigger name, right? We didn't want like a second divi- division Scottish team. But like given you know who we are. It's a pretty big accomplishment. Chelsea to come or something. <laughs> no, but we're hoping for I don't know, like Ryan was dropping the name Swansea or like just yeah. Somebody. Well, because they're playing friendlies against other NESL teams. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I was hoping that we would get some a team of that caliber in yeah. town. But yeah. But you know, in in retrospect, given who we are, that was actually a pretty good name that they pulled out of the hat. Strong brand. Big club that has lots of supporters worldwide. Just the the level of football and the the players we got to see wasn't anything amazing because it's Scottish football and it's terrible. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, yeah, and then uh, after, like this would really uh, like these results would stretch into August where basically we lost every match. For a while, it had a terrible start to the fall season. Um, we, we tried a different formation against Carolina. The end of July, we played 4-4-2, while we usually played 4-4-3. Didn't work. Um, and it was the last game of Davila Gorik, who had played such a great spring season. I just remember that being like the worst game I saw the Fury play this year. Yeah, I I know I always say we play our best games against Minnesota, but that game in Minnesota and that horrible, uh, they put grass over turf there because they had the friendly. Uh, who was it? Olympiacos and Man City. Man, Man City. Yeah, it's City. Was it yeah. Man City? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Oh, yeah, okay. and then they 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 played Minnesota and Ottawa after, mm. and the game was in Minnesota, and that was horrible to watch, and like. The pitch was so bad, like the ball was bouncing everywhere, like and in unusual ways that you couldn't predict. And does that count for the attendance record that game, like officially? Because no, no, no. that's no one stayed. No, oh, it's people like the, it. They had the record while there was people stuck in the stadium because they couldn't get out of the exit fast enough for the first couple of minutes. <laughs> like, and I know the dark clouds stayed good for them, but like seriously, you couldn't. The whole stadium was empty on on the feed when you were watching it. And we and we lost that one two one too, but that was kind of a garbage game on a garbage pitch. But. Yeah, and then a week later we played against Fort Lauderdale, um, for the with Florida coming to Ottawa for the first time, and Carl Hayworth uh, scored his first goal. Oh yeah, yeah. For the club, that was the only positive really from that game. One of many more, I hope. Hope to see him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first goal at TD Place was a nice goal, but not a nice game. No. <laughs> Did, what was that four losses in a row yeah. yeah and then the week later we actually got a result when uh, Tommy scored against San Antonio in the 89th yeah heartbreaker San Antonio <laughs> too bad whatever they won the league we can't really troll them too much <laughs> yeah and then thankfully we got a break um, when we got to play against Indy which usually is a good thing for us 
Um, it was a weird game because it got uh, there was a thunder and lightning storm and lots of rain, so it got oh, delayed. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, ended up not being a problem for our team for whatever reason. You'd think it would be a disadvantage for the team that has already traveled so far to get there, but we managed to, to beat them. And that was the last game for MyCon, right? That was the big news in August, was that MyCon went back to Brazil. Yeah, so the, uh, the official reason given was that he was homesick. Now, with a little time having passed, I think we can say that maybe he just wasn't as fit yeah. as he, he needed to be and he, he may have underestimated the, this league and he thought he was going to have an easy time and didn't realize all the uh, you know all the stress to his, his body and mind that is involved in, in a league. travel mm -hmm. yeah. yeah fitness is an issue and uh, I think a lot of players come over here thinking it's a quick road to the MLS too yeah. and then they find out the reality of it what, it, what it's really until so maybe it's yeah it was kind of it was kind of you know, at the moment, sad to see him leave because he did, you know, a brief moment show how, you know, how good a soccer player he was and how at times he could probably be the best player on the field, but he just couldn't, like, get it together enough consistently. So was that, like, when was Frazenga released? Was that before? The... No, it was in October. Oh, okay. But he didn't see any playing time at this yeah. point. I don't mm -hmm. think he was out of the lineup for the fall season. I think season. he was hurt as well. Yeah, he was, he was injured. Yeah, so Frazenga was a, a guy that, you know, we've experienced to be a little overconfident for, for his ability. Like, very outspoken about about his skill level. And turns out he's he, uh, he, he may have, I would say, some character flaws. Like, he just needs to, like, pull himself together and realize that he needs to work hard, just as everybody else. And if he wants to get anywhere, he... He just, you know, he needs to, like I said. Yeah, he's a young player. Together. He's a young player still. And uh, and I think a lot of, like, he's a Canadian player, but he played most of his football in Uruguay. And I think the attitude is you come to Canada and it's it's a cakewalk. Yeah. And the reality is it's not, not that much easier, if easier, than some of these leagues that these players played in. So definitely more physical. And I know in like South America has physical football, but the NESL, like we saw what happened to Oliver, you know, like it's <laughs> it's a physical league and it's rough on the body. And the refing is absolutely a, a, a horrible. Um, it has been all year. We should mention that because it's, it certainly plays a role in this league. It's true. Yeah, and we lost uh, the game. I missed because I was. Yeah, we were camping uh, three of the four. <laughs> We may as well tell the podcast. Uh, we missed Bon Jovi game. <laughs> yeah. We, we, three of us missed the, the whole game because we went camping. Yeah, yeah. it was a tough game. Yeah, they're blaring music over the supporters. Yeah, then when the Rowdies came to town. Yeah. So I missed all of that, unfortunately. I didn't get to experience Bon Jovi during live soccer. But what's important is that we lost. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's good to miss a loss. It would have been sad if you had missed a win. Yeah. But we did draw the next game against uh, Carolina. Yep. And uh, I think Oliver was injured and had returned from injury or something and was playing again. Or yeah, am I remembering that incorrectly? No, that's right. It was good to see him. 
see him back. And then he and he scored the next game after that too, right? The game against Indy? Or was it against Tampa? Against Tampa. That's that away one where he kind of climbed over Heineman. Oh, yeah. Where oh, he stole, yeah. He stole the goal from yeah, that Heineman. Was epic. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they don't. I hope they didn't have any. I'm sure you're happy if your teammate scores, even if he took it from you. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a great goal. This is like this is the part of the season where we're just coming off our like our worst. Like the Tampa loss was probably our rock bottom. How bad we were. I think we were, yeah. We were maybe a couple points out of last, or we're tied for last. Yeah, and Ryan Richter was going back and forth to yeah. Toronto and back, and uh, we needed some more help on the defense, so we we signed out Woodbine. September 16th? Yes. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so that helped with the hole with Mike on, mm. you were saying earlier. And, yeah, and then Oliver scores again Yeah. in the Atlanta game. Beat Atlanta 3 nothing in Atlanta? Yes. Yeah, this team, we won more on the road this season than we won at home. Well, it was our first game we won back-to-back, and they are both away. Yeah. Yeah, TD place was hardly a fortress. No, <laughs> no, it's the opposite season. of fortress. Yeah. Is, is there something about that? Like, some, do they, they, it's an, an easy place for the other teams to play? Like, we've heard other teams say they don't like playing at TD place because the fans are so hard on them and it's not what they expected at all. Is, well, you know, we it's a new wrong? stadium for the players as well. So for like for to them, it's almost as as being on the wayside because they're playing at a new ground, right? So even if they've played four or five games there, it's not like they've played in the stadium yeah, know, for a long time over a long period of time. And Mark DeSantos mentioned something in the um, press conference saying like. Um, he kind of hinted that on the road they're more focused because they're like in the hotel and they're always together and they're, you know, all their pre-game is like together with the team and they're just focused, focused, focused no on the team. So. Yeah, because Ottawa has this reputation of being like such a fun city and like so many distractions and like <laughs> this crazy lifestyle here where you're always distracted now. But yeah. No, but like, I mean, if you live close to the stadium, you could just like roll out of bed and like walk down in five minutes. You know what I mean? Like it could be... a lot of the players do. It could be (laughs) a little bit less, like more relaxed than a game on the road where you actually have to, you know, make sure that you are places on time and you're with the team all the time. So I can understand that. Yeah, but it's still it's still hard to fathom because for most teams, winning away is really tough in the NASL and it's, we're in a unique position where we do better away than, than at home, especially in a league like the NASL. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. It's bizarre. The next game was super uh, exciting as far as competitive. I, I believe we lost, right? The Minnesota game? Yeah, we lost 3-2. But that was the game that, uh, the free kick goal. Yeah, the Richie Ryan free kick goal. How far out was he? About 25 yards or something? Yeah. It was perfect. That was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. It felt really good, and you know, then we were hoping that finally we got someone who can put those uh, free kicks from distance <laughs> away. And a couple games later, we had like a game where there were like five free kicks like that, and all of them were horrible. Remember that? I can't remember who we played, but it was, it was the Edmonton game. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just like that last Minnesota game, like there was three. We played Minnesota three times, and three times, you know, we competed with them they scored this last game they scored late the first game at Carlton they scored late to to win 
It just seemed it just seemed we played the top teams like San Antonio, Minnesota. We've always played them really hard. Yeah. And then some games against like Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, we just kind of let slip. Yeah. And remember the game we won against Atlanta? I believe it was a night game, and it was the first night game at TD Place. Mm-hmm. Well, that was I, one of my favorite moments of the season for sure. I love night games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like the 3 o'clock games. I like the energy at night mm-hmm. and it's just the atmosphere. Yeah. Especially like a fall night. Like October. I think it was early October. It was October 1st. It was perfect. We all really came together in the supporters section and like celebrated for hours afterwards. And Oh yeah. That's when... Was that the game everyone came yeah. down to mm-hmm. the first few yeah. rows? And like people were standing on chairs yeah. mm-hmm. and... And it was crazy, and the Bytown boys had the flags going. And the schwa <laughs> That was a pretty good moment. <laughs> was coined. <laughs> yeah. Three Ottawa chant. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was great. And it, w- it would be the only win uh, at TD Place of, uh, of the whole year. Yeah. Right? Such a yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah. we really didn't have much to celebrate at home. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a good night. And it was an easy win against, like, a really lackluster Atlanta Silverbacks. But it felt pretty damn good. And it was one of the many games that Mini Dantes was very strong in. Um, yeah. And we, uh, we went to San Antonio and we drew on the road. 1-1. Mm-hmm. Let me find it. Yeah, Ryan Richter scored that late, late goal. Yeah, that was that that where the goal just would like the ball yeah. would not go into the goal. It took like five attempts, and in the end, he he just slammed it in. I think if someone scores in a, in San Antonio, one of our players, they should score and then run into the convenience store and like have someone like with waiting there with a Slurpee and then walk out with a Slurpee. <laughs> And a lottery ticket. <laughs> a lottery ticket. Because <laughs> they have this convenience store right at the end of the pitch in San Antonio. <laughs> they have to score on that side. But that'd be a great goal celebration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many games left? We lost for Senga, officially, October 8th. Yeah, and we've discussed that. Yeah. And then uh, we went back to New York to, to play against the Cosmos 2-1. And... Um, that was where Oliver's face got bashed in. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. The elbow. And, the and coach we thought him. he would be out for the rest of the season, but... Yeah, he came back. He came back. And I just want to make a, a, a note here. Like, how screwed up is the NASL schedule? Like, how can it be that you go to New York twice and New York only visits you once, right? I'll just like, wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, it's, it's not an equal league. Like, it, it, okay. if, you're, if you're unlucky, you have the toughest teams... Uh, and you have to visit them twice, and you maybe you have the easy teams, and, and you only have to visit them once, right? Like it, it's really the lack of the draw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, how the Fury played, it was better that we played them away than at home. Yeah, we're not playing more away games next season. <laughs> yeah, I was like, can we just have them all away? Like, we're not making any money from TV plays anyway. It costs more to operate. <laughs> we're making. Uh, which uh, brings me to. Um, Attendance numbers, like I, I think we should be pretty happy with first season attendance numbers, no? Um, yeah, if you take out the Cosmos and the Rangers games mm-hmm. and just focus on TD Place, um, our average attendance was forty three hundred fifty nine. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't call that. I wouldn't be too excited about that. But at the same time, you got to look at uh, all the other franchises that are launching at the same time in Ottawa. 
Like we had basketball last year. We have the Red Blacks this year and the Fury. And uh, we have baseball next year. And baseball probably will compete against the Fury's schedule. So um, considering that, I think we did very well. But if we compare us to Indianapolis... Yeah, but we don't have to compare ourselves to Indy because that's a unique case. Like we have all these supporters that are start for soccer and, and so on. If you if we compare ourselves to uh, the other teams in the league, we're about uh, we're about exactly the same. Which is impressive for the first season, I think, because they've been there longer and people are aware that there's a team and so on. But all the new teams are the ones with the higher attendances. Always. Yeah, and Jacksonville already. Has sold more season tickets than our average attendance. Okay, well, hopefully we won't dip next year. Um, hopefully we can build on, on these numbers and be more... I mean, with such a big stadium with a capacity of 24,000, it's always going to look fairly empty. But I'm still dreaming of that of a Voyager's Cup game against TFC or Impact where we're going to have like a boatload of people in there. It, I imagine that you could, for the impact, you could sell 10,000 tickets, I imagine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the attendance did kind of taper off at the end of the year. I remember at the Atlanta game, the game we won, there couldn't have been 3,000, more than 3,000 people there. I think it was cold that week, too. It was cold. Yeah. And people in Ottawa do not come to outside sporting events when it's cold. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. People have stuff yeah. to do. They have kids or whatnot. And... Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see next year. The schedules the schedules very important, especially with uh, the women's World Cup and everything that's happening. Um, yeah, another loss that we had to take at TD Place was against Edmonton two uh, zero on October eighteenth. That was a terrible game. I was really upset. That's like, probably remember, the worst game they played at home. There's like, just no heart whatsoever. Like, oh yeah, everyone looked tired and like depressed and stuff. Yeah, the they came out and good. like just did not give a shit. Like it, it was like I'm paying for this. <laughs> like you know, I'm, yeah. I'm here and like uh, sacrificing my time and I gotta watch this. I yeah. I heard that over and over from that exact comment yeah. from many people. Yeah, I think it was the first game they were kind of officially out of the playoff race. Not that they were ever really in it later in the season, but. That was the official first game they were out, and they just... You could see. It was terrible. It was a terrible game. And I think Dos Santos, like, ripped them apart in the media after, too, saying, like, they had no heart mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah. So, there's just three more games, and uh, we, we lost 2-1 at home to Indy, right? Mm -hmm. And that one stung, too. I think. Yeah. You don't want to lose to Indy. Well, all year long we're going, like, well, that's three points there. <laughs> yeah. And then and they come. And that was, like, our last home game. So it was kind of like, oh, we can win our last home mm -hmm. game. But, yeah. And yeah. we're saying earlier in the season, like, oh, look at the, the end of the season. We got Edmonton and Indy. There's six points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and but look to how be it fair, turned out. Indy, like, especially in the middle of the season, had a terrible stretch of form. Like, they were so bad. And towards the end, they actually played really they well. They played quite well. And, and uh, news this week is that they've re-signed like nine, nine other players are coming back for sure, maybe more. Oh, okay. So they're keeping the base and then they're adding. And, you know, they're going to add bet higher than... They're not going to add like fourth-round players or anything. So, And then uh, we played on the road at the end, eh? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah, I remember this game because I'm pretty sure that Richie Ryan stayed at home because... Uh, his wife was expecting a baby, oh, right. yeah, yeah. And so we were, we lost him in that, um, 
holding defensive midfielder position. No, he got a red card. No, no, no. He His wife had a baby before the last game, because I remember at the last game at TD Place, his baby was there. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a while, okay? He got a red card, he got a red card at the, uh, the Indy game, the last home game. There's oh, yeah. Big, there was that big... Oh, yeah, the fight. Through. Yes. The fight at the end of the Indy game. The hockey fight, basically. Yeah, we totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. And then, um, that was pretty stellar. Yeah, and then, so the last game, Fort Lauderdale. So that's why we were stuck here. <laughs> like we'll never yeah, be able to put up. Yeah, because Richie Ryan was not allowed yeah, to Yeah, we were up 1 nothing. Patterson had a really nice goal, and then Eustachio had that red and was just holding on for dear life. Yeah, and Kendra, I talked to him talking. after, and I was like, oh, you played a pretty good game. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I mean, it was good before the, the red card. And he was like, yeah. I, I was going in and I was like, I got the ball. And then he's like, I saw the ball bounce and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a mistimed tackle. And uh, he was playing a really good game. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. Uh, hopefully he's mm -hmm. fully on board and everything's happening next year. So that was our season, eh? Yeah. Seven, what was the end? Seven, seven wins, 14 losses. And six tries. Yeah, do you want to know the combined or the fall? Uh, that was combined. That yeah. was 7, 14, and 6. Seven wins out of 27 games. That's yeah. just not good enough. No, that's and I get the expansion team thing, but no, that's not good enough. And I, I expect it'll be higher next year. Uh, uh, build on this core. We'll see what happens. Yeah, if we, we had a lot of injury problems not to say that's the reason why but yeah we had a lot of injury problems multiple times throughout the season i think changing homes from carlton to td place was a bit uh, challenging and also the long break yeah the long break where we weren't playing at all something that dos santo said uh at the press conference i thought was interesting is uh he wants more players familiar with the league it's good yeah, which is something we all said during mm -hmm. during the season. It's like, why don't we try to get players from other teams? Like, why don't, you know, not trades, but when so-and-so gets released. And it makes sense because NESL is such a unique challenge. Like, it's hard to compare any other league in the world to what, what you're facing here. It's definitely a unique league, yes. <laughs> Whether that's a positive or a negative thing, I keep up for interpretation. Um, and uh, we should probably take a break and then we can... Um, go into our personal MVPs and you know maybe some favorite moments and some announcements regarding the roster. So before we get into more uh, Ottawa Fury stuff, uh, let's take a look at the NASL in general and uh, what happened this year. Did, did the NASL meet your guys' expectations first first time in, the, in this league? Yeah, I thought it was better than my expectations. I thought it was, they did a lot better, like, skill-wise than I thought it, the league was. Yeah, I think the player skill is quite quite good, and it's uh, it's comparable to where MLS was at seven years ago. I think that statement's true. Like, I've heard other people say that. And... Uh, it's definitely getting a lot better every year, and we'll have to get better as well, as as better players are coming in and better domestic players too. 
coming up. So yeah, I I was I was pleasantly surprised with how good the NASL is in person. The whole the whole media TV thing's a whole nother story. But yeah, in person the quality is quite quite good. I didn't have any experience of with the NASL before this year, so um, I thought it was pretty like competitive all around. But I, to be honest, I didn't watch any NASL before this year, so I think uh, yeah, I didn't really have any expectations, and it seemed to be a competitive league and very entertaining. So yeah, yeah, I agree with you guys that the quality on the pitch was pretty good, especially for the. Uh opposing teams <laughs> sometimes from us as well um, but it's hard not to be cynical about the NASL especially with the gap to the MLS growing like MLS being so successful getting these crazy television deals and there being so much money in it and NASL yeah. being so obscure in comparison and like NASL live really doesn't that's the problem help. yeah the NASL definitely has an image problem and uh, like they've finally got games on ESPN3 like but uh, the outward image the NESL gives to a casual sports fan is it's not not even close to where it needs to be. And that's the most important thing, right? Because but, there's a bunch of soccer nerds in the know yeah. that, 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 you know, yeah, it's a more uh, um, traditional way of playing football. It's, it's nice for the romantics and the quality is good. But, you know, if you want this to be sustainable and profitable in the long run, you need the masses to know about it <laughs> and value it. Yeah. But if, if you do live in one of these cities that has an NASL team, like if you do live in Ottawa or Minnesota, Minnesota or wherever, uh, go, go down to the game. It's a completely different experience. Like you have to go to a game next season. Um, it's, if you, even if you live a f you know, driving distance away, go check out a game because it's completely different than what you see on, on the feeds. It's quite an exciting atmosphere. It's a great, great place to watch a soccer game, TD plays especially. So what are some of the news um, to do with the NASL that listeners should know about? Stuff that's been happening this week, uh, Colin Clark's back um, in Carolina. It's good for them. Very stable franchise. Uh, what else? If uh, Tampa has a new president and general manager, uh, Mr. Kurashi. I don't know if I said that right, but they're starting kind of fresh there. So is Fort Lauderdale, right? Yeah, uh, Ricky Hill, the Tampa manager, is gone. And uh, the Fort Lauderdale manager. The Austrian guy. Yeah, the Austrian guy. He's gone. Yeah, new owners and mm -hmm. new owners in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Brazilian owners, uh, as we know, and they're playing Corinthians. Uh, they handed out the awards at the end of the season. Uh, Christian Ramirez got the golden boot for most goals. And most beautiful goals. He <laughs> should get that award too. <laughs> yeah, he got the he got the bicycle kick goal. Yeah, and that was voted amazing goal. If you don't remember, bounced off his chest, mm -hmm. did a bicycle kick, top of the box, right in right in the net. Uh, Lagos was coach of the year. Mm -hmm. So Minnesota's just cleaning up these awards. Yeah. Yeah. Miguel Ibarra was MVP. Exactly. And he also won a cap for the U.S. national team, which was great for the NASL because it gave them a lot of exposure. Yeah, uh, and Bill Peterson, the commissioner of the NASL, said he's trying to play it down, the whole cap, which I thought was kind of a strange approach. But he's like, yeah, you know, we have players get capped all the time. This is our 11th player this year. But yeah, but it's your first domestic player, first American. 
he was like, yeah, Canadian players get capped, and, and he was naming all these small countries, you know, mm. and like, they get capped, and it's like, well, it's not the same. So, you know, play, when those opportunities come up, play that up. <laughs> that's, that's a big deal. And we had a Canadian award winner, uh, John Smith was awarded the Golden Glove yeah, from FC Edmonton. Amazing defensive team, FC mm. Edmonton. Now they're scoring goals too, yeah. so watch out for them next season. Uh, of course, all the rumors and everything. So there's going to be an announcement soon about Atlanta. Um, I heard that Atlanta's staying, and it wasn't just like on a blog somewhere. It was like from someone directly involved. Um, Atlanta is staying for next season. You'll see see them in the league. Uh, the other big rumor that's spreading around is everyone's talking about the Los Angeles team. Um, if it does happen, it'll be the kind of situation probably that the Cosmos did where they came in half, half, halfway through. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great move by the NASL to go into LA on the year that Chivas is gone and, and put yeah. a team not in Carson. Yeah. Yeah. There must be so many fans, so many Chivas fans that are completely fed up with MLS. There's not. Well, the problem is there's not that many Chivas fans. <laughs> they're they're averaging four thousand there at the at the end yeah, of the. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. Up. That's a good base. Yeah. yeah. So, that's exciting. Um, we heard the news about our ticket prices. Um, so if you walked up last season and you're like late. And you're getting there at like three or four p.m. and you buy a ticket at the ticket office. What was the final price you pay? Like after ticket charges, tax? Well, I don't know. I am a season ticket holder, and like if I hooked up all my friends with the supporters tickets, then yeah. And I guess depending on where, but somewhere middle-ish should probably run you probably like twenty-four dollars. I think it was the final price was twenty-six dollars. Twenty-six. I remember someone walking up to the ticket thing at Carlton. And said something like that, $24, $26. That's outrageous. And walked away. <laughs> and uh, this year, uh, the season ticket prices anyway, and I'm sure the other ones will be for the supporters section, are $11 per game is what it works out to. Like huge reduction. And more in line with the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blogsmith and I were on a podcast for Fort Lauderdale team. And, we, and they asked us how much our tickets were. And when we told them, they were floored. They're like, how do you guys afford that? Blah blah. And they're, they're saying they had like a ninety nine dollar pack, and they could bring their friends. Yeah, they got free tickets. And yeah, free beer, and free hot food. dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, huge, huge change. I I think we'll see an increase in attendance numbers, but we also, I think they have to get the word out about that. Otherwise, people just not not come, just thinking it'll be twenty six dollars mm. a ticket again. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot that, um, to, dis- to discuss things for next season, a lot depends on the schedule. Like we mentioned a few times already, we don't have that yet, unfortunately. Um, some other things we should mention is, uh, did we say that we have a new uh, academy coach, from former Chelsea uh, coach? Yeah, um, Darko Buser was announced as the new academy coach. He's going to be in charge of, of our... Um, academy players and he came directly from Chelsea he coached there for like 10 or 12 years so a lot of experience and they also mentioned that they're really focusing on developing Canadian players to be um, involved in the Canadian national team so their focus is not only on the Ottawa Fury but also developing for the country which I think is a huge huge deal and I I hope that um, 
I mean, that's a great goal to have and really helps develop soccer in Canada. So pretty happy about that. Yeah, speaking about uh, development of soccer in Canada, um, this was also an important year because uh, Ontario's provincial soccer league, the League One, wrapped up their first season. And we're always curious if we can have a team from our area playing it. But there doesn't seem to be any interest in regards to that right now because um, we're so far away geographically from all the Toronto teams and Kingston would be the closest one and that would be a lot of uh, travel for, for those young guys and for teams that aren't making any money. So it's, it's more realistic that maybe we'll get a Premier League Quebec uh, team at some point, but there's nothing really official in the works uh, that we know about, right? Yeah, there's been no news on the League One uh, side. As far as we know, there's been no discussions about a League One team in Ottawa. If there is, it'll be uh, some a group other than the, the Fury putting in a team in League One. And uh, yeah, it's more likely at this point we'll see a Premier League, a Quebec Premier League team play just across the river. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, and It'd be interesting if they have two teams in Gatineau, but it'd be interesting. Or maybe they could work with the team in Gatineau, but yeah, and be interesting. And we know next year too for uh, the Voyagers Cup, it's only five teams. Everyone's excited about uh, the new Toronto team and Vancouver Whitecaps, the sequel, and uh, FC Montreal. Uh, but those teams will not be participating in the Voyagers Cup this year. It's still going to be Edmonton versus Ottawa, and then the winner of that playing Vancouver. Yeah, but it's still great to, to, to have that number of clubs growing, whatever the level is, and we know eventually they'll be playing in the League Cup. Uh, we just have to be a bit more patient. Yeah, I, I'd like to see the League One champions or the Quebec League champions both get in that tournament. But Yeah, and then there's the off-season. Um, so we have like a period <coughs> of, uh, what is it, three or four months until things start up again, and of course, during that time, we're going to see a lot of player movement. And we already know that the Fury have probably already brought in some players, but they can't announce it yet due to uh, transfer uh, deadline regulations and so on. Um, but uh, there will be a lot of changes. And we have some players that are confirmed uh, staying and some confirmed going. And I think uh, now would be a good time to go through those uh, players. So... One guy that's leaving for sure is Soria, Ramon Soria, the Spanish um, defender who played an astonishing 1,400 minutes in 19 games and only got one yellow card. Are you guys sad he's leaving? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sure that uh, most of you have heard all, all of us talk about Soria. Um, I thought he was super solid on defense and um, I, he's the last game of the season he played in the middle and like did I thought exceptionally well at closing down a lot of chances um, and I think that he will be missed on uh, as a defender yeah he's one of my favorite players um, it's unfortunate but international spot so got to have yeah I think the best you hit the, the nail on the head here it's because he's an international player and he's a really good player but he's not the like one of the greatest players of the squad and yeah. And I think that's it's consistent the only reason. Player. Like, if he was Canadian or American, I, I think there would be no doubt that he'd be staying on the... Yeah, I think them bringing in Woodbine kind of forced that move, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then Kenny Caceres uh, is leaving, and that's not a surprise to anybody. Because he only played for a total of, I think, nine minutes <laughs> the entire season. Yeah, that came in Atlanta. He was kind of an interesting player because he is from Ottawa. Like, he's a local player, and he was the one that they signed after the, the local trials. So I thought that would be interesting to get him. Didn't he play for a Capital City, too? He did. He did play for Capital City. So that's kind of a neat link. And that's kind of gone. He played for the Ottawa PDL, too, before Capital City. Oh, really? Yeah. So Fury PDL, Capital City, and Fury NASL. If he could just play for the women's team, he'd play for all the teams in Ottawa. <laughs> it was kind of a shame he didn't get that much. He didn't get that a chance, really. I guess he had his training, and but he never really got a chance to start a game, to really play any real minutes in a game. So it makes it tough for us to judge if it's the right move or not because we really don't know what type of player he is. Yeah, I mean, you do kind of, you do still kind of need those players. One player is going to be at the bottom of the pile. It's not going to, but you need them just in case of injuries. And yeah, well, that's exactly why it would be nice to have a reserve team. You know, then mm. we could have players like that play in a, in a lower level, and you know, and they would eventually make the first team. And then we we could uh, keep on players raw diamonds like Hamza Elias as well, who 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 left earlier and. Um, yeah, maybe we should just mention again, uh, just to remind our listeners who, were, who the other players were that left. Mykon, um, Hamza Elias, and Frizenga all left us uh, throughout the season. And then another player who won't be returning is uh, Pierre Rudolf Maillard. Guys, what, what's your impression of, of that? Uh, I thought he had an alright season. Not great, but I think just he kind of falls behind Oliver and Davies. Right now, and Hayworth, fine in the wing spot. He kind of seemed a little unfocused to me. He kind of like ran around everywhere. Um, I mean, he was a great burst of energy, but I felt like he was one of the players that was um, a little bit more unfocused on our squad. Yeah, at first we thought it was just him being nervous, but then it turned into us thinking he's just really clumsy. And like, let's be fair. Like he worked really hard. Like he ran his lungs out, and Might that was great to see. He worked really, really hard. But like, maybe there is just not the amount of talent or skill there to I think, play in, on in, on this level. I think when you have such a small roster and budget and things like that, you like a player like this. You if you kept him a few years, he may grow into. But he is older already, right? Yeah. But like, it's kind of like you could keep players like this, but. With the urgency of the roster and the budget, I it's, I can see why they made this move. I, I but hopefully he finds a home and we get to see yeah, him. I'm play. sure he's a great guy. I mean, he uh, he seemed really disciplined and like a had, had good character. So um, we wish him the best of luck for sure. And then to me, the most controversial uh, player leaving is uh, Vinny Dantes. Like that's certainly someone I really would have liked to have stay at the club because he scored some great goals. He has great technique and ability. And yeah, his goal scoring average isn't that great, but he also was uh, not giving as much playing time as uh, I think he probably deserved. And yeah, it's too bad to, that he leaves. Yeah, it's really sad. Uh, he Like he played 28 of the 29 competitive matches. He was always brought in as sub. He was... It was kind of disappointing that he was kind of stuck behind Tommy Heinemann through most of the fall season. And Tommy Heinemann, I thought, was 
the lesser striker. But I, it wasn't a surprise to me because I know Marcus Sanchez said he wanted to improve the attack. Tommy Heinemann signed for next year. Unfortunately, Vane Dodges is an international player, so it didn't come as a super surprise that they let him go, but it was kind of disappointing. I thought he was one of the better players, and it would have been nice to see him play next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was unfortunate to lose Dantas. Well, the same kind of thing as Saria. I think he's like that international spot, uh, visa issues, things, you know, deadlines. Um, and we, we don't know the details of the contracts. Like, there's things like they get paid automatically a certain percentage more second season and stuff. And for that value, can you bring in a better player? So. And, but I imagine Dantas is a player that would be harder to handle than Soria. Like, Soria seems pretty mellow and easy to... Like, a player that's, like, good for the dressing room. Dantas seems more... Uh, uh, like, he, he he's more emotional, and he, he gets visibly upset in the pitch and angry at his teammates, and probably was unhappy with his role, and, and might be happy to move on to, and yeah. go to a team where he's valued more, because... Dantas did a lot of good things and the, the club never really got behind him. Like, it, there were many times where when someone like Patterson would be the player of the match by the, voted by the Fury or he would be, like, displayed prominently on the, on the website. And I was always wondering, like, why isn't Dantas highlighted more? Like, he's, he's one of our key players and, like, no one... Like, he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. Yeah, it's hard to say what goes on, like, in the dressing room between players, I saw assumptions like, yeah, they have no idea like, what goes on like, you hear things and you don't know. It's all it's all rumors like it's. I don't want to turn into like Leafs Nation and that you know, in that respect and just kind of guess and but. But Kendra, you went to that um, uh, end of the year event with the media where all the media was there and stuff, and I heard from another source that the Dantes was also like visibly upset and was basically saying, yeah, I'm not coming back. Kind of. No, that was Gorick. <laughs> yeah, but also heard uh, from Dantes. No, Dantes was, uh, from okay. what I saw and when I talked to him, he seemed pretty positive. But okay. I don't know, maybe somebody else talked to him and he was not no, maybe he didn't all know that it. positive. Yeah. I don't know. He when it comes to Gorick, we don't know officially yet that he's not staying, but it's very likely that he's leaving, right? I would say uh, very likely. I don't know. It's hard. A lot of these contracts are super open-ended right now. Yeah. So with the options and with uh, everything that's going on with them. So it's really just a guessing game. There's going to be lots of news come early January, uh, transfer window and all that. So the first week of January, we might, might have some more news. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we might record a podcast then to keep uh, our listeners updated. And um, then we can start guessing if these players are any good. <laughs> We're going to have to go to Wikipedia and see if the... Uh, Norwegian indoor league is any good because <laughs> sometimes it can be quite obscure the players that end up here yeah I'd imagine that there's going to be only three keepers next year yeah for it sure depends it's, on there's if, not if Mark DeSantos kind of trusts either DeBellis or Bush to be a backup because well, if he doesn't then I think you keep Gork around just as backup to Pizer because Pizer is definitely confirmed he's back for next yeah, year but he's kind of on the older side I'd love to see Gorick and Pizer, and then I'd like to see the other two get some playing time somewhere else. Like right now, they're just uh, they're just not playing, right? So I can't be good for their development, especially being so young. Yeah, but it's normal for keepers. I mean, Chad Bush is a baby when it comes to keeper age. 
But he's also been um, named as one of the goalkeeper coaches for the academy team, so Chad Bush. Yeah, I, I think Dibby or Gorg are definitely, one of them is going to go, and I wouldn't be surprised if Gorg is the one leaving because he has the potential to be a first uh, keeper in another team and on a similar level. Um, so other players that are staying are, um, are the two defenders, Omar Jeroen and Mason Trafford. Trafford, we, we knew, like, he was the first one that we knew had a longer contract, so no surprise there, and he played the most minutes for the club, and uh, I'm sure we're all happy to have him. I was a little bit surprised about Omar Jeroen staying, because he didn't get a, a ton of playing time in the fall season, and I saw um, either Becky or Soria being more... Um, he's prominent. domestic. He's domestic player, Jeroen. He's American. Counts as an American. Right. I just It was a surprise to me. That's all I'm saying. And Jeroen, uh, wasn't he entertaining a contract in India? No, Possibly. Yeah. yeah. So I, that kind of set alarm bells. But, I, you know, glad he's back. He's a good physical presence. I think he's a player that knows this league, and that's what this team is lacking. He's played on three teams or more in this league. So He's useful to have around if you have, uh, like... A game that's really tough physically throw Marjorie in if if you need somebody uh, to score from a corner or to, you know put some pressure on another team from through his heading abilities like he's he's a monster <laughs> up there so like he can score from some of those long balls so I'm glad that we're keeping him and he's a character too he's he's kind of fun to have around uh, he's definitely an entertaining footballer to watch and uh, huge physical presence so. It's always good mm. to watch him. And maybe he'll score some headers on those corners when he'll run mm. up. So that's what we like seeing from him. And uh, Richie Ryan, our captain, is staying. And Nicky Patterson, our first signing, is also staying. And, um, yeah, I don't... Like, I like Nicky Patterson, like, uh, in person. And also, he's okay as a player. But, like, what's up with, like, Ottawa Fury's obsession with him? Like they glorify this guy, don't you? Don't you find? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, him and him and Tommy Heineman are kind of who, by the like way, the quote unquote poster child, poster boys. But you know, he's extroverted and he's a super friendly guy. Yeah. I, I, I makes sense. You want that kind of character out in the community, and and talking to people and giving a good impression, and he gives a good impression. Incidentally, he did win the Community Award for the Fury. Oh, there you go. The Community yeah. Involvement Award. So he's he's right in there. He's probably he's probably one of those guys that's like the first to volunteer. So when you got someone with that kind of enthusiasm, you want to grab hold of that. Yeah, he's just kind of unfortunate he kind of occupies one of those international spots. Yeah, but um, and Tommy's back, right? Tommy's signed. Yeah. Because I, I heard like he's signed, but it's like not a for sure thing. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that is 100% confirmed, mm, okay. and we're, we're going to get another one or two uh, strikers into the squad, but, but Heinemann will, will stay, we'll, we'll see if he's going to be the first one, but it'll be good to have some competition for him. And yeah, Richie Ryan's also someone we're all happy about, right, that, that he's staying. Yeah, what would it say if you got rid of your captain after the first season? Yeah. Like, and he's, he's a player that's proven himself... He's, I think he's definitely good enough to play in this league at, at this point. And it'd be nice to see him finish his career in Ottawa. And ho hopefully that's one of his goals and what he's thinking. Yeah. 
Yep, and I mean, that brings us pretty much to, to a close for this podcast, unless there's anything else uh, people want to add. Like, one thing we could we could go around and ask uh, who everyone's MVP for the first year was. And I really don't want to start, because I really don't have a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have an MVP, but I do have a few favorite players that I'm excited Yeah, you got to say one only. That's the trick. Oh, <laughs> I can't do that. I yeah. can't do it, that. It's MVP. It's... <laughs> Come on, we all know who just, it is. Uh, how, about just, how about just your favorite player, regardless of uh, how many goals they scored and whatever. Just your favorite player. Well, sure. my, my favorite player is Sanisha Ubi-Parapovic. Which hopefully will be back next season. I hope so. We haven't heard any news, but fingers crossed. I hope I don't take anyone's, but uh, my favorite player is Oliver now. Like, I know it. I uh, had a man crush on Donatelli, but Oliver is my favorite player. Yeah, Vinny Dodges is my favorite player. But now, yeah, it's kind of Oliver now. But I did, I have mentioned before that I thought the Fury's MVP this year was Ubi. Yeah. For me, it's so tough to pick a favorite. <laughs> They're all your favorites. Yeah, pretty much. I love all of them equally. <laughs> Except that black sheep. <laughs> no, I mean... I also I have to say Oliver is, is is really probably our most skilled offensive player and he scored some beautiful goals. Plus he's fluent in German, so <laughs> I, it's easy for me to like him. I, I quite like I got to talk a little bit to Pizer and I really like uh, like him sort of as a person and he, I think he's a great keeper as well. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Pizer. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's so tough to just say one per name. So I'll I'll leave it at that. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great season also for the podcast. Uh, I think uh, we can be really proud of what, what we've accomplished. You know, <laughs> Ryan's shaking his head. He's like, no, uh, that we managed to, to bring out a pod every, after every game and pretty much consistently. And I hope that our listeners enjoy our first season. And we now have an email address. So, uh, you know, if you want to give us any feedback... It's uh, the email address is ours is the fury podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we're, uh, we're on Twitter and it's at Ottawa Fury. And yeah. And like email and uh, give some suggestions what you'd want to hear, the kind of information you're looking for and stuff like that. Because we just hear from like our friends and you know how your friends are. They, they tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> Sorry, friends. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And let's 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 hear more you know from people outside of canada even or wherever you are or if you'd like to see an interview featured or or a guest on the podcast we have pretty open access to you know players and coaching staff and stuff so if there's anything you want to hear or anyone you want to hear from that'd be cool too yeah definitely get in touch with us um for us it's always also been a learning experience all of us were new to the league haven't had a professional team to support locally in a very long time. And, uh, Were we all, weren't we all new to podcasts at that time? Yeah. Still well, I think uh, Ryan has some uh, sporting uh, podcast background. Uh, isn't that true? No, that's my first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm cheating on you guys right Actually, now. you should plug your hockey podcast right now. Maybe uh, there's some overlap. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly is some overlap. Um, yeah, I got a podcast called the Rebuild Podcast. So on Twitter is at Rebuild Podcast. Uh, online it's uh, RebuildPodcast.ca. 
and it's uh, it's actually uh, about hockey rebuilding all the all the terrible teams in the NHL, which are supposed to be Vancouver, but also Calgary and Edmonton. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Thanks to Blogsmith, John, Kendra. Yeah, thanks to everyone who contributed and. Yeah, thanks also to Red Nation Online for hosting us and to to give that side a visit. There's lots of Canadian soccer news, lots of good stuff there. Yeah, uh, check out the Stony Monday Ride online, uh, the Bytown Boys and the Fury Ultras, the three Ottawa Fury supporter groups. It's a fun time in the stands. And get the Metro. Blogsmith has articles in there from time to time, and it's free. It is totally free. <laughs> Just like this podcast. I think we should start charging, but <laughs> we may not make a lot of money. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a great year, and uh, yeah, we'll talk. See to you soon. 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 Toodles.